0: So how, on God's gray earth, did this I'm
1: a lover, and I'm a sinner I
0: play my music
1: in the sun I'm a joker
0: And this
1: Bet you are ready for that I'm a space cowboy I'm sure you know her
0: This Where
1: are you going to?
0: Become this.
2: Uh, Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album that sticks out like a sore thumb in an artist's discography. Maybe their best album, it maybe their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. This week on the panel, we have Logan Renard, Matthew Marr, and my name is Scott Livingston, this week, we will be discussing Born to Be Blue, an album by Maurice. So, uh. Got to it before me, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I, I planned ahead. It's not easy being blue. It's not easy, yes. So, who is Maurice?
0: Yeah, well, uh, uh, Maurice, also known as uh, the Joker or the Space Cowboy. Yeah. Um, 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 sometimes
3: and, the Gangster of Love. Sometimes
0: the Gangster of Love, yeah, is none other than Steve Miller. And Born to be Blue is his only album that does not include the Steve Miller band. This is a Steve Miller solo album of jazz standards. So why, why isn't the band? Who
2: is the band? Is I mean, if your name is the band, why not have the band? Or why not call whoever you're with the band?
0: Well, and, and not only this, the band, the band, uh, the Steve Miller band has had the only real constant in the band has been steve miller yeah but it but it is you know morphed gradually over the uh, you know the decades um there were some some real standard uh characters yeah. uh, early on in the steve uh, miller band one of them one of the players was uh steve's close friend which was boz skaggs who went on to have his own kind of 70s hit yeah <laughs> hit stuff stuff right you know so uh um yeah so so you, you know steve steve miller's been around a long time um one thing one thing that, that I I would like to point out is that that for I think most people when they think of Steve Miller they, they think of um, the, the fly like an eagle, Steve Miller. Yeah. Or, or maybe as far back as the Joker, but it's definitely... Or Abracadabra. Uh, yeah, well, even then, it's like most people had forgotten about Steve by the time Abracadabra came out. Right? But, but even that was a hit, though, right? Yeah. It was his attempt to write a kind of Donna Summer's um, yeah. style tune. I, I, um, I, I, got I used to have
3: this toy keyboard that I bought at a thrift store for 50 cents that if you plugged it into a DD3... Did the fly like an eagle? Whoosh! Big delayed glissando, oh, yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. and that was employed in the middle of punk shows. Oh, nice! Often to, <laughs> to the delight
0: of, of course, of course you so and one other person. Yeah. Of course, just me, really. Yeah. Of course, Steve did that with an echoplex on his guitar, but um, but you know, um, but at the same time, it was never the same yes. as yeah. you know what what came out on the album. But but at any rate, you know that that era of Steve Miller in the mid seventies. Um, you know the the Book of Dreams, Fly Like an Eagle, and um, Take the Money and Run. Um, you know, he had a bunch of hits, right? Uh, that came out of that that period. Um, that was very much a staple of '70s rock radio, um, and and it was it was more straight ahead, more straight ahead um, rock and roll.
2: Yeah. It wasn't Prague. It wasn't punk. It
0: was was nothing nothing in between the two. But what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, they, they perhaps think that, that, you know, Steve Miller, Steve Miller band starts his career in the seventies, but he did not. He started, he started in the sixties and he, he, um, was a blues player and by all accounts, a really good blues player. He, um, he was born in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and um, his uh, mother was a musician, and his dad was uh, some kind of professional, like a, a, a doctor or something. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, they were uh, their family friends included, none other than Les Paul and Mary Ford, who apparently would come over and uh, you know hang out with them at dinner parties and the like. And, and uh, you know this was when Steve was quite young, and it made a gigantic impression on him.
2: Well, how could it not? <laughs> yeah,
0: and and uh, and and uh, he he started playing the guitar like when he was little, like six or something. Yeah. And I think Les Paul, being you know the the guy he was, even recorded um, young Stevie Moore. Yeah. Right. Um. So so you know so his first his first guitar lessons and the like come from none other than than you know some people could say the greatest pop guitar player of all time. Right. But um you know you could definitely. Definitely um, argue that one way or the other, but, um, but what kind of pop did, um, did uh, uh, Les Paul play? He played um, jazz. Yeah. Right. And jazz standards usually with his wife, Mary Ford singing over the top. So, so no doubt that that kind of music, that sort of 50 style jazz pop singing music yeah. must have left a huge impression on him, which is reflected in this particular album.
2: Is it though? I think it's reflected in the choice of songs. Yeah, yeah. But well, the, the actual recording that reflects 1988 <laughs> when this album came yeah, out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, we'll have to we'll have to when we listen to it. We'll definitely have to sort of you know talk about that and dissect it. But but I would be remiss if I didn't tell you this though. Is that that as still as still a young a youngster. Uh, you know uh, a bit older they moved to Texas they moved to Dallas Texas and then who becomes who becomes uh, Steve Miller's guitar teacher there none other than T-Bone Walker and, and uh, T-Bone Walker played uh, you know a style of blues um, which is sometimes called Uptown Blues which has a lot of um um well, it has a lot of, well, let's just say it's not all a one one-four-five kind of 12-bar stuff, right? There's a lot of jazz chords involved. Yes. And, and um, it is, um, it's, it's a bit more sophisticated, um, yeah, I would say, or, or maybe that's the wrong word. It's definitely, complicated. definitely more complicated, and it's not as raw, yeah. say? Although, although T-Bone was known for stage antics, like playing the guitar behind his back and, and things like this, right? So... So, so Miller, then what he decides to do is like when he, you know, he's, he's going to go to college and, and so he wants to, um, um, but he goes to Chicago, right. And there in Chicago decides, no, I want to be a blues player. So he starts hanging out in Chicago and he's hanging out in all the clubs. He puts a band together. The first Steve Miller blues band, um, he gets to play with people. Um, like Muddy Waters and, and Buddy Hill. Guy, and, and uh, you know those all those Chicago blues cats that were very active said, on, active in the 1960s. Yeah. So so the thing is is that you know I guess what I'm getting at is that Steve Miller I think gets a lot of shit because of his you know sort of poppy sensibilities, which no doubt did make him a uh, buttload of money, a buttload of money, and and for a time a household name. Right, yes. right. He he definitely has a pedigree. Now not only this, not only this before the Joker comes out comes yeah. out right you know which is when he starts moving into a more straight ahead rock direction he already had five albums out yeah right five albums now it's it turns out he didn't he didn't do um, that well in Chicago and he ends up moving to San Francisco and there there the Steve Miller band finds kind of an audience. Because what they started to do was not just play straight ahead blues, they were doing um, a lot of psychedelic kind of blues sort of stuff, you know, where, where the, the organ is maybe turned up a little louder. Yeah. Right. And you end up with some spacey sounds or whatever. Um, it's still very much blues based music, but, but at the same time, it really fit in to that San Francisco scene. Yeah, yeah. You know, with the whole flower power and all of that. Yeah. You strip away all the overhead
2: lights with colored gels. Right. right exactly. It yeah, is yeah, basically just blues bands.
0: And, and, and by the way, by the way, like I, I am, I'm a Steve Miller fan. Especially of those first five albums. The, yeah. That's the stuff that I really, really like. And and by the way, just in, in terms of my own aesthetic, I think that I've, I've discovered that this happens to me a lot. I like the band's first few albums
2: before they become popular (laughs) before
0: they become popular and is it because they became popular or is it rather that the popular Mm. stuff they do just does not appeal to me yeah
2: (laughs) is it um, chicken or egg
0: yeah so i i like i like the bands in development more than the mature bands i guess is guess how how it is right you know so so but at any rate so so steve miller steve miller has um you know so he's coming off of Right, he's coming off of you know the '70s where he's hugely popular. He does the you mentioned "Abracadabra," yes, right, which I think was early 82, maybe '82 something, early '80s. Reach out and grab you. Yeah, and this might have been his last album before this. And and "Abracadabra," the song was a hit, but if I recall correctly, that album did not do very well, other than other than the the hit the hit single. And I think that he was um, done. I think he was done being that the um the pop star guy.
2: Now, the 80s were not kind to a lot of right. older pop stars. And, I mean, look s- at Exact Dylan or Paul McCartney or right, Neil Young right. or there's yeah, some some ugly stuff that came out from
0: you know, yeah. big
2: guys in the eighties. Yeah.
0: And so I think he fits, he fits right into that milieu. And so I think this, uh, this album yeah. was, was in part, his like, well, I don't really want to play that stuff anymore. I'm just going to play some stuff that I like. Does and,
2: he though? It sounds like he's going for a very smooth, uh, polished sound. Well, um, <laughs> again, I think the choice of songs is definitely of, personal and the,
0: now, how much, result is, uh, how much is that the player and how much is it 80s production?
2: Yeah.
3: Or just the record label owns the publishing rights to.
2: Yeah. I, this was
3: his last song album selection
2: on Capitol. And he'd been with that record company for like 20 years. So I think they were kind of washing their hands of him at this point.
3: This The song selection looks an awful lot like somebody showed him a list of, of, of this songs. This is what that we they, own. This is what we
2: own. You can pick twenty of these fifty songs, and yeah, yeah, because there there's some randomness in the. I I'm glad you said jazz standards because I wasn't quite sure what the theme was between all ten of these songs.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot, it, of, these, a I lot mean, of these. Was songs it blues? On,
2: was it yeah? I'm like, is it black music? Is it what is he going for here?
0: I think most of these songs can be found in the Big Fake Book. There you go. Um, you know, so so you know, maybe I think you know if you're if you're a jazz. If you do stuff like this, there's there's probably forty or fifty songs that you have to know, and yeah. once you know them, you can go play with anybody anywhere because they'll call out that tune and you'll be able to do it. Right? Yeah, and so I think that I think this probably comes from that sort of yeah that sort of environment, right? Well, I mean, and I was talking about this with somebody the other day that you know
3: a lot of a lot of rock and roll kind of instrumentalists. Musicians marvel at how you know jazzers can play so many notes and songs with so many damn chords. And um, you know what I've I've come to learn, dabbling in both, is that well, it's because they've memorized like a few dozen songs that are part of the repertoire. That uh, if you know those, you've got you you know you've got a a couple of blues songs with a bunch of complicated turnarounds. You've got rhythm changes. You've got you just the standards all fo- follow a formula, and so if if you know if you have memorized forty or fifty songs, even though there are thousands of other j- jazz songs, like they're all covered by that repertoire of forty or fifty songs. They're the same thing, or or cut and paste versions of. So, you know, the, there are all kinds of jokes about jazz standards, you know, starting yeah. and. Hey, I love this song. And it's like, no, wait, this is a different song. Oh, I love that song too. No, no, that's a different one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. They, they can sound the same. And, it, you know, you could almost definitely make the same joke about rock and roll tunes or pop tunes or certainly blues, because blues is, the, you know, more or less the same format throughout with some changes adjusted for circumstance. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a weird, it's a weird song selection.
0: Yeah, it is. It is strange. And and I, I, um, I am, um, I did get this album, uh, this CD, it was one of the first CDs that I've ever had. For young folks, that stands uh, uh, for compact disc. Compact disc, right? My, my uh, first CD player I ever owned, I got in 1988, and this album came out in 1988. You didn't have a laser disc? <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't have a laser disc, but uh, this is actually a, a present for my graduation from college, was a CD player, right? And so, so I think, uh, you know, at first, you know, I still had all of my record albums, so I probably had, you know... Ten CDs. Right. You know, and this might've been one of them. Right. And who knows, I might've gotten it from the CD of the month club or something, you know, who <laughs> knows why House, I got yeah. this. Right. Right. And, and I was, uh, you know, and, and by the way, I do encourage people to do, to do this. Like, uh, I, I am not suggesting that anyone should like this album, but I am, I am saying this, that, that I did discover right away that, that like with albums, uh, you buy an album, you put it on, you don't like it, but it sometimes it takes a while. Right. Yeah. You know, you listen to it a few more times and there's things that you get out of it that you wouldn't have gotten out before. I think in today's world, we're we're just really impatient because there is so much music out there. It is endless and it's at your fingertips. Yeah. So if you hear the first 20 seconds of something and it's not doing it for you, it's you, gone forever. It's just gone forever. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah, I hated
2: pet sounds the first time I listened to it, but as you said, I only had like 10 CDs. So I played it eight or nine more times and that's what it took. And yeah, it's, music doesn't get that opportunity anymore, which, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, no.
2: I mean, it is what it is. It
0: is what it is, right. But, but um, um, yeah, yeah, so, so the, um, um, well, why don't we listen to the first song?
2: Yeah, speaking of weird song selections, I think Aww. the first one is the oddest. Oh, this boy. is uh, zippity Doodah from the Disney film Song of the South.
3: Why, why can't you find that film anywhere to watch or stream in America right now, Scott? Oh, I found it on Parler. <laughs> Play this
0: while you're waiting in line at the ticket booth at Disneyland, right?
2: Yeah, or at the dentist's.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, they don't even <clears throat> they won't even play this kind of stuff anymore at the dentist. It's all actually it would be like fly like an eagle, they would yeah, have. Yeah, um, no, just... they used to have like music versions of that stuff. They don't do it anymore. But yeah, this kind of sounds like it would be, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I would I would say too that the song choice is even extra odd. Um, I don't think there's anything terribly offensive in these lyrics at all, but no. but at the same time, it's like uh, Steve, as far as a rock and roller guy, is, is a he's a pretty progressive dude,
2: yeah.
0: Um, and and it's like uh, at least at least lyrically, he always has been. It's just strange that this would be the song that he likes, but maybe maybe this, he heard this in Texas a lot yeah, when he, he was a kid.
3: Well, there are there are like a bunch of the big there are there are really classic jazz versions of this okay done, yeah yeah done yeah yeah, that's all,
0: yeah
2: yeah no Les, Paul Louis, Louis probably Donald has Strong a version of this split, somewhere
0: like, so 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 uh, steve miller is known for for two well aside from the pop hits yeah he's known as a musician for two things which is one his singing yeah and two his guitar playing yes and and i will say that steve is a, a bit of a technician that that um, he uh, others others when they've criticized him, it's it's been that he plays um, often he plays too well. Yeah, it's a little too polished. Yeah, 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 yeah. That. Um, but on the other hand, on the other hand, uh, um, do you do either of those two things stand out in this song?
2: No, no. I mean, the the guitar sounds like what you'd expect a Pat Massini wank to be playing, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a really a song that a, a singer. Showcases with either it's not like you know the memory from cats or whatever I don't know but yeah it's it's not a song you hear covered a lot because it's not I mean even if it weren't associated with that movie it's you know it's pleasant enough but it's not really yeah there's nothing to it
0: yeah that that there's right and the vocals are very breathy too yes so I noticed like uh, yeah like, which fits
2: in with the very antiseptic. Uh, production values.
3: The, the keyboards on this have me like running for uh, like uh, Chick Korea Electric Band for relief. Like, this is
0: oh my god. This is know. what
2: keyboards sounded like in 1988. Uh, I wonder
0: I, what Chick Korea would sound like playing this song. It would be- this, but busier, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
0: well, I did notice there's there's a couple of uh, uh, keyboards on here, I think there's a there's a synthesizer that uses the um the um what's the vibrato thing called uh, the, oh the yeah, that. the pitch wheel, <laughs> the pitch wheel, and you know that sounds like it's going on a little bit in parts of it and uh, and then I think there's an electric piano kind of sound going yep. on too. Well, it was um, a very
3: chorusy sound in octave doubled thing in the beginning of this that could almost be like cheesy
0: uh 80s fretless bass kind of thing yeah i did notice some sort of yeah
2: now you would expect mike post to have produced this instead of the van halen album because this sounds like the opening theme of like you know some family ties knockoff or something
3: (laughs) the production on this album has this uh it's like uh steely dan made the soundtrack for you know redid the song of the south soundtrack or Ooh, something it's now there's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry it's a nightmare guys. yeah no it's it's very like yes jolly and deepy but like also they should have gotten michael
2: mcdonald to sing this
3: yeah. uh, oh <laughs> hell yes see i i think i mean we'll we'll, we'll listen to all other stuff but my biggest beef with this is it doesn't go far enough. Yeah. If you're
2: going to do this, then do this.
0: Yeah. What I'm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very laid back and it's down tempo, especially, especially this opener. Do you think Yeah, does it's a it makes sense that this is the opener? Yeah.
2: It may be just the song on here that he figured most people knew.
3: Yeah, a, a lot of people who picked up the CD and it's Sears you know, yeah. like looked at the back and said, "Ooh, I'm not going to buy this." So, oh. do we
0: know who produced this? Is it was it a, We s- could look a, it up on the Miller Sacred Miller Scroll. Production? Yeah, why don't we do that and while we listen we to the We totally knew already Yes, like, we, we did,
3: did, lots, of research. did <laughs> lots of research.
2: But in the meantime, let's go to uh, track number 2, Yaya. Oh, baby
1: hurry, don't you make me worry. Uh-huh. She's out of sight.
3: Characters from the movie La La Land think that uh, this is what jazz sounds like. Yeah, <laughs> I would really, really like.
0: I'd really like to hear this song on Cruisin' with Reuben and the Jets. I, I listened to
3: cruising with Reuben and the Jets a few days ago, and yeah, that would be. Wouldn't that be?
0: This would work really well on that. That I think.
2: Well, you know where I'm familiar with this song, and this will take us on a tangent that has nothing to do with Steve Miller. It's on uh, John Lennon's Walls and Bridges album. The very last track, lasts about a minute and a half. It's just him on piano, and his ten-year-old son Julian on snare drum. It Was included mostly to fulfill a um, loophole or a contractual obligation due to a lawsuit where he got sued for ripping off "Come Together" from Chuck Berry. Huh. And he had to. P- part of the uh, agreement was he had to record. A number of songs by this publisher in order to make up for it and one of the songs was Ya," which he does half-assed clearly no one's paying any attention that's why he's got you know a 10 year old kid just banging on the snare drum while he's playing it on the piano that's how i'm used to hearing this song that's huh. like my only frame of reference huh, for this song and <laughs> This version is not that.
0: <laughs> no, no. This is this is really this is really quite slick and polished. And you know, I really like I like what I like about it is I like the uh, I like the clean guitar tone. I think it is a. Uh, it is clean. It is clean, and I, I think it's like you know, it's just it's kind of my pet peeve. It's like I really think that that so many times you can't really tell, uh, especially with rock guys if they're any good or not, because there's so many, so much distortion and effects on everything that they do. Right. You know, and if you can play clean, that's a good indicator that you can actually actually play, play your action. And <clears throat> and I think, you know, and Steve here is, he's a, uh, it just seems it's his playing is fine. It just seems really restrained. Yeah. Right. You know, I wouldn't even necessarily call it laid back as much as careful.
2: Yeah. Is cautious.
0: Yeah. That's what it, that's what it seems like.
2: Now is this a jazz standard? Because I always assumed it was like a '50s rock tune. Yeah, yeah, I think, which I, is why it was John had to record it.
0: I think I have a, a a bootleg recording of the Steve Miller Band doing this song in a rock and roll context, and that it makes is, more sense. Oh, it is! It is way more um, uplifting. Let's yes. put it that way, right? It's, so uh, you know, two
2: for two don't really qualify as jazz standards. We got you know a Disney song, and then this.
3: Yeah it's a paraphrase uh, the great uh uh rodney anonymous i i don't know if this is the blues but it sure makes me sad yeah.
0: <laughs> well it's like what a lot of a lot of what's like what logan was saying earlier though is that a lot of uh, jazz uh, standards they grow out of popular tunes yeah you know so so i don't know if this was one yeah, that you could enough
2: f- people played. Time After Time by Cyndi Lauper, it eventually becomes a jazz song. Right, yeah, right. Yeah,
0: and you know I, I what, I would bet you could hear that at some jazz club. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, someone has, I'm sure, arranged that for, you know. I, I
3: guess that's the jazz part of this that's missing, um, is that, you know, for jazz musicians, the reason that a lot of their repertoire is a little bit, like, almost kind of corny, they're pop songs that they're improvising over because everybody knows them. They're familiar, so when you take them way out into space, like people, the average yeah. average listener can still hum the melody in their head or still kind of know what's supposed to be going on, and it allows you to get more adventurous with your improvisation. Like my so,
2: favorite things, the, yeah, everyone knows the Julie Andrews
3: version. Exactly. So when Thelonious Monk or whoever goes nuts so like on it with you know uh, uh, popular music or like hip hop remixes, it's sort of predicated upon the fact that you know how the original one went if you don't it's it's a different song and it might be cool but it's not as neat as if you can still kind of hold on to the original format while you're listening to how they're mutating it or screwing with it and this is like they're playing the standards really straight and a lot of this stuff, you yeah, know, yeah, like at least at least so far. Like the whole idea is that the the standard you're improvising on is supposed to be really nailed down, so that you can get really screwed up and crazy with it, you know, rhythmically and harmonically, and you know, and and do really crazy solo solo stuff over it. And, and I, I do agree with you on the the clean guitar tone thing, where it's like if you if you want to if you want to flex on guitar you do it with very unforgiving clean and exposed sort of tone it gives away every single nuance whereas if you want to hide some some slop you you crank up the dirt and you and you maybe maybe rake the string across the pick across the strings to hide some you know some some i'm feeling personally
2: attacked right now
3: Yeah. Yeah. You do you, Scott. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, There's well,
0: no ukulele on this. Do,
3: well, yeah. Are we sure I of it? I don't know.
0: <laughs> like, well here here's the thing though, is is what was I didn't look it up, but I'm doing this completely from memory. I could my timeline could be all screwed out. But what was sort of topping the jazz pop charts around this time? Wasn't it things like Kenny G, y- G and, Kenny G and Yanni and, yeah. and smooth, smooth jazz and, and, and becomes and, a big money-making thing. Right. Here. And so, John Tesh at Red Rocks and yeah. oh, stuff yeah. like this. Right. Right. So, so in that context, we will not be covering is that. this, a uh, oh. uh, John <laughs>
2: Tesh's reggae album. You're, you're going to yeah, love but, it. Yeah.
0: I don't think he has an outlier, he doesn't. but, um, <laughs> um, but, um, but, uh, uh you know, what, I mean, perhaps this is, perhaps (laughs) this is why, you know, say the record company signs off on this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we can, you know, you're, you're getting older. The teenagers are not into you anymore.
2: We can sell you to the adult contemporary. This is very adult contemporary. Right,
0: right.
3: Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny with jazz, contemporary jazz stuff in around 1988, where quite a bit of my favorite music is from right around here. And you have on one side jazz people turning to there start to be smooth jazz radio markets. And so jazz musicians are able to kind of tone down their, their chops and have a a big hit and sell a lot of records and tour on that with this very cleaned up thing. And at the meantime, you know, in 1988, you have like Bill Laswell with Sonny Chirac doing like last exit and stuff, which is like, You know, a cocaine fueled fucking meltdown that makes death metal seem mellow,
0: and so like jazz is like fracturing in crazy directions at the time. You know, it was was interesting too. You know, just along these same lines is that that there was a time in the uh, in the seventies where big name jazz acts, uh, not not you know, um, you know, I'd say hardcore. They didn't call themselves hardcore, but hardcore jazz acts were opening for pop bands. And, and among them was um, none, other, none other than Miles Davis opening for the Steve Miller Band. And, and uh, uh, a couple of things about that, I, I remember I saw in some documentary that, that when he first started opening for rock bands, Miles Davis, he was handed a check after the show. And he looked at the guy, he looked at the check and looked at the guy and said, you made a mistake. This is way too much money. Yeah. And the guy was like, no, no, that's your cut that's what you get and i guess it just pissed miles off to no end he was glad to get the money but he's like he's like in the you know he was playing he was opening for steve miller yeah and he's like you're what you telling me that no playing motherfucker is making more money than me right you know that's that's yeah. how he looked at the steve miller band you know and, and uh the steve miller band as far as a rock band they were they were probably i, I would argue this they were probably as musicians as good as rock got during that time yeah, period yeah. Hey, right I, right but uh but you know not, but not just during
3: the, I, the, yeah. I i've seen a lot of uh nostalgia act state fair rock bands i've seen a few uh starships and airplanes at the county fair <laughs> and um growing up in in the dc area there's the, the wolf track wolf trap arena state park is is a uh, where the the kind of grown up
2: that's where stuff, they go
3: you know uh and you can see yeah, kind of an a, adult contemporary, you know, summer concert series, or and 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 the better of those bands play there, and one of them that I saw because it was cheap or free or whatever, uh, just something to do was the Steve Miller Band, and having seen a string of like, God, this is sad, and I don't even think there's one original, like the the keyboard player is the one original <laughs> member of. You know, whatever Starship yeah. or 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 something, um, just full on state fair nostalgia act stuff. I saw the Steve Miller Band at Wolf Trap, and they were great. Yeah. They were fantastic. He played the the whole band was great, and it was mostly the original people. And it just really kind of blew me away that, wow, if they can do this, like, why? Why does a rail really suck so bad? Yeah, yeah like, exactly. It was a real like
0: oh oh this can be done well.
3: Yeah. Well, um, I think I
0: think it's you know it's partly what I was talking about before is that that Miller had a background of of you know learning from and and um, uh, playing with really talented people. Yeah. And you know so when he put a band together he wants it he wants them to be able to play right no e street band yeah no yeah exactly (laughs) and he you know and and he can you know like you don't like this this uh you know the clean guitar solo in here i think it is it is it is what i was getting at earlier it is it is um it just seems so um you know i'm not sure i'm not sure if you know calculated is the right word but but it's like it's he's it's very safe. Yeah. What he's doing. And and um um when you when you listen to to some of his other playing, especially live, I mean he's he can, you know he can he can play that guitar, right? He can play the shit out of that guitar. I, I mean yeah, yeah seeing and, him live uh, yeah, that was yeah. And uh so it's kind of surprising. You know, it's just like I want I want uh, I want a little more histrionics on this this album. Seeing yeah.
3: seeing him live one of the things that I I really, really blew me away was that the guitar solos were the album, an album perfect yeah. copy first and then like yeah, another 16 bars <laughs> of crazy shit Yeah. of like real, like improvised. So he was giving you what you, you know, what for, you the, need is for, the-, for <laughs> the, for the, you know, for the, the dads and moms, you know? Yeah. With their, with their wine coolers. He was, he was giving you what you'd heard on the radio a million times and then playing guitar for real. Um, and I, I thought that was really cool. Oh.
2: Well, maybe we'll have more luck with the next track, which I think really is a jazz standard, the first one on the album, uh, Billie Holiday's uh, God Bless the Child.
1: Strong get more The weak ones pay Empty pockets well, they don't ever make the grave Mama may have Papa may have But God bless the child Who's got his own
2: So here's a question for you. What do you think the song you've listened to the most in your life is? The
0: song? Yes, both of you.
1: Mm. Got
0: that, that's a tough question. Just heard the most, or listened to the most? Listened to the
1: They're most. Oh, oh,
0: oh, most. Nepal Na- oh. deaths. Uh, you suffer. You suffer. Yeah. Gone, like a wow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hard to. That is hard for me to say because
2: I know for certain the song that I've listened to the most in my life is "God Bless the Child." Really? For a period of like five to six years, every night as I would go to sleep, I would listen to this song on cassette, rewind it, listen, rewind it, listen until I fell asleep. I'm lucky my parents didn't come into my bedroom and snuff me out with a pillow. The version of that song that I listened to so many times. Was this one? No. (laughs) Came out shortly thereafter in like 91, 92 it's on the Simpsons Sing the Blues album. Oh, wow. sung by Lisa Simpson, or well Yardley Smith, the voice of Lisa Simpson. Wow! So even that version <clears throat> is slightly more soulful than this. That, uh, <laughs> that explains a lot.
0: That's
3: connecting some dots, Scott. Yeah,
2: no, I yeah, I was
0: I was weirdly you know, obsessed. A song with I that. did that to a lot with the cassette rewinding over yeah. and over was Industrial Disease by the Dire Straits, but. um that's a. Um,
2: there you go. There now. There's an odd, you know, three-song playlist for you. Yeah.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Napalm Death, Dire Straits, and The
0: Simpsons. The, the Simpsons, right? <laughs> yeah. We should. Maybe we should make an EP. There you that, go. Um, well, my my first note in this is like I don't know why it's like I wanted this. Like I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure I've heard it. I'm not particularly. Uh, I can't recall exactly how it how Billie Holiday did this song. Yeah. Right. But um, it just it seems to me that it that <laughs> That's not it, it should swing. Yes. And and it it doesn't.
2: It's a lot faster, at least than the Lisa Simpson version, which well, I, I compare. And it's to. very
0: it's very you know it has like little hi hat like sort of things that like <laughs> well right it doesn't quite do that. Yeah, it's it more like. <laughs> Yeah, You know, so it's like, wait, wait, what's going on? Is this straight? Is this a straight
3: rhythm? The recording, like the production of this, given the time that I know there are real drums and everything, but this feels like they did it to a, a click and they stuck to that grid like... Oh like yeah. Glue. You know,
0: I was gonna say that that I think that, that you know, which which is not get, a thing you do with jazz. You can use Apple loops to basically get stuff like this that'll sound almost exactly like this. And and that's that's actually one of my laments. I guess it's not really important one way or the other, but it's just like in today's music you do not know what you're listening to. You do not know if it's a loop, if it's a live musician, if it's whatever it is. It's there's just no way to know yeah. unless you're there actually. Well, do, you know, doing it, and then who knows what the producer does with it after the fact, right? Yeah. This, this, I think, I think this, this, this is so um slick mm-hmm. that that it almost seems like it, it was, um you know, some sort of created out of loops. But I know that it wasn't, right? Or, or if it was, it was, you know, it would have been way too difficult to what do. A, uh, yeah, yes, like I, I, you
3: know, I already made the Steely Dan comparison because of the the production, but. Steely Dan has this like glistening production that's oh, yeah. just really done, di- but instrumentally and 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 songwriting, like they're doing crazy shit. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's full of you can't you can't hear or appreciate most of the crazy shit because it's buried under layers and you know layers and layers of other crazy shit. You know, I, I think it kind of works against them. But this is really fascinating because it's that it's that shimmering production.
0: Without a whole lot of interesting things going on. <laughs> well, and I think the most interesting things about it are, are <clears> uh uh to me are are um you know uh, once again it's it's Miller singing, which is which is it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. It's yeah, still, it's, he's still doing the breathy thing, not as bad as on zippity doo It's but interesting but it's that he
3: picks like <sighs> yeah. a standard associated with such a heavy, heavy singer to sing himself oh, as uh yeah. Yeah. competent but
0: not very impressive. He's right. a rock and roll singer. Yeah, exactly. And and then his and then his uh you know and his his uh the bluesy he fills he's doing on guitar they're they're uh you know they are correct they are correct yeah exactly <laughs> the the uh, yeah and and you know and it's sort of like you know we're a bit we're a bit um uh over inundated um you know in in nineteen eighty eight. Um, the blues was hasn't didn't quite make the comeback that it was about to make in the in the uh, you know right around that time it started to turn yeah um, you know largely because of the success of of Stevie Ray Vaughan and then and then the endless slew of innovators uh, imitators that, yeah. that come <laughs> after that yeah sorry I but <laughs> yeah that, that was a Freudian slip there, yeah, okay. there. Uh, but they they um but um but but uh, um you know we're we're kind of we've kind of you know, and, and then you got the second and third generation of the sort of blues guys. Yeah. Like like uh you know. Kenny Joe, Wayne Shepard right or whatever. And, yeah. And then Joe Bonamassa, right? And yeah. all those guys, right? And so all of these licks, they they've kind of they've they've compiled them and categorized them and they, they know where to put them in what specific type of, to- of song under what uh, rhythmic conditions and what, um, you know, whatever the harmonic climate is, which yeah. is usually pretty stock. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, so like sometimes when you listen to stuff with this, it's like, oh, I've heard this before. And it's like, well, yeah, you, you probably have.
2: Yeah. Technically. Um, but, but, um, <laughs>
0: but, you know, maybe not as much maybe not as much in 1988. Yeah. Right? You maybe, probably would have heard more of it in the sixties. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There had already been a reaction again. It had become uncool
3: and gone away for a little while. Yeah. Yeah.
2: As things do, they come and go. And this was in a, well, one of the going phases. Well, then You get,
3: uh, um, what's his, what's his name? Uh, uh, Straits, dude. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Martin Knopfler, Knopfler. Yeah. Knopfler's like a, a big, like the Spanky Strat Blues thing right. is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But he, he
0: definitely didn't go the uh, he didn't go the. I mean, it was he's, definitely he's much more interested. Definitely than, there. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say he not he didn't do the uh, oh I'm going to you know I want to resuscitate um, you know um, Herbert uh, Hubert Sumlin you know yeah. riffs or something I, right you know I have um, a I have a pretty visceral reaction to
3: the sort of blues stuff as a as a big fan of of a lot of er, different eras of of blues music and same with jazz is this is into uh, blues and jazz becoming and and jazz has just kept becoming this more and more it's academic yeah there is a cookbook it is taught that there are right and wrong things there are correct and incorrect which in in both the case of blues and in the case of jazz is like getting so far from the fucking point it's like diametrically opposed to the you know main in you know the, yeah, the point yeah. of that music is is uh, um that it's it's highly personal and highly expressive and so to have this this cookbook of licks that are E- either <laughs> stamped right you know correct or incorrect just undermines the whole the whole thing right right yeah and 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 like st- stops any sort of progression or evolution in its tracks um and you know i understand that that's a um in some cases a necessary thing with traditional music where people really feel strongly about preserving some sort of authenticity or something like that, but it almost always ends up getting overdone. Oh and, yeah. And, yeah. And it's rather than, you know, people feeling like they have a responsibility to preserve stuff. It becomes this prescriptive again, like academic, like somebody's going to show you the right and wrong way to do this music. And you know, that's,
0: that sort of sucks. <laughs> and, and I think I think there's been times that that uh, Miller's been um, guilty of that himself. I know that he he got some kickback. One of the uh, late 60s, uh, mid late 60s, early 70s blues guitar gods uh, among white Americans anyway, yeah. um, white American blues gods was um, Michael Bloomfield. and uh, and I remember Steve Miller you know because they, they, they came up around the same time. And, and you know, and, and Steve was like, "I don't know what the hell he's playing, but it ain't the blues. He doesn't know what he's doing." And and that, that you know, it was like like a there's a know, right and a wrong, right? Way exactly, doing, he's exactly. Doing it right. Wrong. <laughs> he's doing it wrong. Right. So so I think there might have been some of that, but that could have been you know part of his snobbery of actually having you know yeah been to Chicago, right? Right. Exactly. And uh, just played with those guys, right? I know
3: that there are a million different varieties of blues and different blues traditions and things like that, but it's it's tough to listen to like some of these blues licks, even though they are very correct, very deliberately out of the out of the book, and then listen to like I don't know like Albert Collins or somebody like that. It's just like really nasty as hell, you know, and, and yeah. be like and and feel any connection at all between the two. You know, I mean even. You know, BB King gets held up as kind of one of the gods of of, mm-hmm. of of blues, and you know, one of the defining voices of blues guitar stuff. And very similar, you know, these licks are very similar. They're they're in the they're in the box. There's you know a couple of the the double stop bend licks that are are, are very standard and stuff. But if, if you listen to BB King playing them, and not on an album, listen to him playing them live. Wow they have a whole lot of a whole lot of stank on them that is completely absent wow. from this and also he did it
2: so much before this
3: yeah, yeah 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 yeah. i mean yeah I, it's, I mean, just like, it it's just someone's
2: got to invent it it's just literally he was
0: playing in cotton fields right yeah, you know, yeah so it, uh, it's just
3: weird uh, that you would make a copy of a thing but ignore like the most exciting part of that like you only copied the like lame part of it well and this, and this, then, uh, that's just
0: my opinion you know yeah. but like, well in this song in particular he is doing more of the 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 sort of jazzy version of the blues um you know i, I don't i don't it's think it's got more of the call yeah. and response thing and I, I think it was who was it it was uh, when he was in texas he also he also uh, one another family friend i think beside t-bone walker i think it might have been tell fallow or something like that one of these jazz guys yeah you know and then you know and then you had the les paul influence you know he might be trying to he might be trying to you know pretend he's um you know it, it's some sophisticated high society gig or something yeah yeah for sure right yeah yeah so well i mean and the
3: uh, you know we got to remember especially in especially in the you know 50s and 60s and stuff electric guitar blues and jazz are at odds and you do not bend notes in jazz you do not like even though there are licks that are similar there are analogs but you do not have big wide blues vibrato in jazz ever, ever, ever kick the hell out of the jam session. Probably some racist shit said to you, you know, like, yeah, like they are, they are separate things and are proud to be not the same, you know, proud to. And, and while there are players who do both and cross the cross the line, it's like some of this slick guitar shit is kind of at odds with,
0: foundational
3: blues stuff so it's funny to hear slick blues guitar licks in like you were saying like uptown jazz kind of stuff it's different techniques it's different equipment it's a different it's a different approach and they really become you know we talk about uh blues as in the genre like the, the style of music and stuff but there's blues of the form which is all over jazz like You know, a third of jazz songs are, you know, basically a blues, but the turnaround takes up two thirds of the the song. So you can't really tell, you know, it doesn't sound like somebody should be, you know, singing sad lyrics over it or anything. But it's a, you know, they're, they're related, but separate, you know, they're like, you know, weird cousins or something, not, you know, not brothers. It's, (laughs) and so it's, it's kind of an interesting mashup, but I think he's kind of taking, from the lamer aspects of both, rather. There you go. <laughs>
0: and you know, who knows? Maybe that's you know. And, and we we did. We, he he is the producer on this. Yes, Steve, yes, you know? yeah. yeah. So so you know. So you got to figure. You know, he's he's deciding that this is what he wants. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and, and, uh, um, do we, uh, perhaps we could look this up too. Do we know where it was recorded? Like, it was
2: like four or five different cities yeah. listed on Wikipedia. So I think it was just because
0: it seems very consistent the yeah, way, yeah, the, the, way the sound is, you know, so I, I it's wonder, the same personnel though. Yeah. 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 Well, that would, you know, I think any competent engineer should be able to get a,
2: yeah, a similar, you know, like, sound a
0: similar sound. Similar sound, but is he touring or anything at the time? No, I don't think
3: he ever toured this stuff. Although, no, but I mean, our, like it seems it seems like yes. in a bunch of different cities all yeah. over the place. So I wonder if he's doing dates and then they, oh, when they, this you know, when this um, off, so yeah,
0: this uh, a couple years after that, he did go on tour on a on a blues tour. Yeah, rather than you know, and it was a big. He made a big deal out of it. It's yeah. like I am playing the blues. I am not playing. You know, abracadabra, right? I'm not that's playing, what you're looking, right? i not playing stay you know, home book of dreams. I'm not playing fly like an eagle, right? Yeah. I'm playing the blues. And, and, uh, uh, I remember a lot of the reviews of his concerts were exactly, exactly that. It's like, it was great, but why didn't he play any of his hits? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so, like, yeah. So I, I have a feeling he was, he was trying to sort of break the mold somehow yeah. that, or, or just trying to find a new you know, direction direction. I, I, yeah.
3: I, I guess one of the things I maybe I'm not being clear about is this is the album is a little bit mystifying to me because when he, when he goes into the, the kind of bluesier licks on this, it's like, I I have seen him like a few times play exceptional blues guitar and even you know, rockabilly would be where blues yeah. and jazz kind of yeah, yeah. meet and, and cross over and, and coexist and so I'm just wondering how I, it's just
0: weird that I yeah. mean, well, and he does like he with his rock band he would do you know like yeah yeah he would do some songs like like I I have this recording of of them doing um Mary Lou yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that tune or not but mm-hmm. but it like it just rocks yeah and, and it's like you know the singing's great the playing is fantastic and and uh, you know I mean for an audience that I don't know wants to hear fly like an eagle it's probably you know maybe not all that interesting, but it sure sounds like the band's having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And it's uh so so he could have done that. Yeah. Right? I mean he could have done that songs in in, uh you know
3: I mean I guess he's just trying to make a uh a what's his Name a name a, a, a smooth jazz titan of the of the time. Uh, uh, Kenny G. Yeah,
0: like or maybe maybe you were um, maybe he was. Um, you said this was his last album on with Capital. With yeah. Capital. Yeah. Maybe he was mad at them. was <laughs> like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm <laughs> gonna like, do good, luck, good, <laughs> good luck,
3: good luck moving, Mister. <laughs> <Right. laughs> See ya.
2: Yeah. Well, shall we move on to the uh, next track? Uh, the first song I was not familiar with before this album. The uh, Filthy McNasty
3: Nothing says traditional
0: piano jazz like an active five-string bass. <laughs> you know what? Like I, I, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know how this song could not make you feel good. But,
2: um, yeah, it did not make me feel good. <laughs> I don't know how it could not. Have. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> is there a saxophone player in the Steve Miller band? Is yeah. that why this has to be a Steve Miller solo project? Uh, that
0: they don't. He doesn't. It depends. Sometimes yeah. he toured with some horns. Sometimes he did not. Yeah, right? it, it would depend. Um, but uh, uh, but these were um, at least I think the credits on the album. Yeah, these are not the core band. They just this brought, is his friend group. Yeah, yeah, the, his friend group. this yes. was right, that he brought in. Um, but. Um, but I think I think you know the the bass player and the piano player. I think the piano player had spent some time in the Steve Miller Band. Yeah. The bass player I think is is um, a pretty. Uh, Prominent yeah. guy, um, you yeah. Know, I think yeah. he's he's the guy he's the Steve Miller guy H- in the recording. So it's like and when Tom Mo- Petty, Petty
3: does
2: a solo album, he has all of the Heartbreakers except the drummer.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, something right, something like along solo- those lines, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, you know, interestingly enough, I was just listening to. you. I have one one um, Ronnie Wood solo album, and none of the uh, you know, and I have had this for a long, long time. It's an, an LP, yeah. you know, vinyl, and I, uh, I none of the musicians are listed on it. So I looked it up, like who the musicians were, and it's um Charlie Watts on drum, Keith Richards on, <laughs> on guitar, Mick Jagger on back like backing vocals. <laughs> you know, so it's like yeah,
2: there, there's <laughs> a fine line between solo project <laughs> no, and they were like uh, like all
0: his songs and he was singing, so there's yeah, you know yeah. but still. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not gonna
2: do these in the rolling Stones, yeah. but we'll
0: we'll help you out here. Yeah, we're not gonna let you play these in the stones. Yeah. But uh you know. <laughs> but and I think he toured with uh with with at least i think i think uh, richard's toured with him or something there you go yeah but but anyway anyway the, this song i i uh, no i it, i like I, it does make me feel good especially the weird scatting that happens it's he's, like
2: he's like Ella Fitzgerald. he's it, so natural it at it it makes me
0: just it makes me smile because it's like because i i don't understand why he's doing this
2: it is the most outlier yeah. thing on this album like you this isn't what you do man you yeah, are yeah, you sound so <laughs> not i mean right. White, shall we say? He sounds very yeah. white, going, skiddly bop do wah skiddly-bop-doo-wah.
0: Well, it reminds, me, it reminds me of that scene from um, Head when um, uh, Frank Zappa encounters Davy Jones. Oh, yeah. And says something like, he goes, that song was Really, really white. white. What It'll can be, I say? So am I. It's, so am I, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> so that's... <laughs> Monkeys is the craziest piece. <laughs> okay, we will stop reciting the movie. But yeah. yes. Does this qualify as an instrumental if you only have like two or three words... Yeah, if, I, if you, I would
0: think the vocal is acting like an instrument, not yeah. as a deliverer
2: of... Because, yeah, 90% of this is solos. Significant information, yeah. And not even solos by Steve Miller. I mean, there's, yeah, there's, he has a guitar solo. There's, but there's one, it's
0: pretty short. Yeah. yeah,
2: but there's a lot of piano solo, a lot of... That's why I was asking about the band here, because yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is a showcase for a band, and this is not a band project. On,
3: on, right? your, on your favorite uh, uh, present-day uh, streaming service, if you were to... If this were to be... Uh, yeah, in a movie, the auto-generated subtitles would say "vocalization." <laughs> yeah, vocalization with little uh, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. notes on either side of it.
0: Yeah, but well, there is there is the the word <clears throat> "filthy McNasty," but yeah. that, that, that's it. Anyone yeah. remember that uh, sitcom on UPN called Shasta McNasty? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know this this did uh you know the that, That's MacArthur, it I remember yeah. it. It exists I remember
3: that it was a thing that yes. happened.
0: This reminded me and I'm not comparing it like in a uh you know a quality sort of way yeah. but this this particular song reminded me a bit of that the um the the Prince news album we covered and that it seemed like like I have this band yeah. here let's let them do stuff. Yeah. Just, yeah. Play yeah. for a while. We'll, yeah. We'll edit it later. Because yeah, it seems that they're all they're all pretty good at what yeah. they're doing. Yeah. So,
3: and again, he that, chose this. I would <laughs> hire this wedding band.
0: Yeah. yeah. I was I was just saying it sounds to me like I'm in a in a hotel uh, you know bar with a yeah. piano in it. That's sort of the uh, my, the yeah.
3: my very first guitar and bass teacher was a a fantastic multi instrumentalist and and he played in a bunch of uh, smooth jazzy yeah. fusiony kind of thing. You know, and he was a, a you know jeff beck inspired you you know joe pass capable shredding you know jazz guitarist and and a a real badass fusion bass player and everything but like his gigs that like paid his mortgage were teaching little kids to play guitar and a few smooth jazz like wedding bands that
0: sounded exactly like this. And this would be the most outside thing he probably played. Was yeah. Some, yeah. 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 Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get wild and crazy <laughs> gonna gonna say <laughs> <the word laughs>
3: nasty. Put, put down
0: your, put, put down your side.
3: You <laughs> this is for the,
2: the late show. Send yeah. the kids to bed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so when did five string electric five strings become, you know, popular? Uh, all well, right about now, mm-hmm. they, um, they get to be,
3: um, pretty overused. Jimmy Johnson, um, on, uh, uh, had one of the first ones that got used a lot for uh, sessions stuff. Mm. Um, uh, on some of the holds were stuff. I don't know if he's got the five yet, but that was an alembic originally strung, um, I think eight or E to E to C. It had a high C string and he flopped it around to get the lower one. Um, I think Carl Thompson with uh, requests from, um, uh Anthony Jackson kind of gets into developing what becomes like the modern six string, i.e. uh a low B string and a high C string, not the not the old school, you know, Fender bass six or Dan Electro six string bass thing. But the low B becomes really popular uh, like mid mid to late eighties, and it's all over the frickin' place by um by the early nineties and on, it's kind of just commonplace. Roscoe Beck is a famous uh, sessions guy who Mm. plays five string and it's all over everything. And if you think about it, um, the keys that uh, horns and and keyboards tend to play in, they often have put songs in keys that are just out of the low range of a regular four string bass guitar. And the, uh, the uh, yeah, E flat, B flat are common ones. Yeah. Um, And so, the traditional way, you know, you know, we think of it as like the Nirvana invented this or something, but that's bullshit. It's a country tuning. It's the drop D where you, you lower your your lowest string to D. Um, and in some cases, um, actually, before it was a country tuning, on uh, in classical upright bass, they would tune down to C and use a thicker string and everything. Right, right. Because, um, you know, as soon as, in classical music, as soon as an, an instrument was kind of done evolving some... Asshole composer uh, wrote notes for it that it couldn't play, and 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 uh, players were forced to uh, sort it out. Man, (laughs)
1: yeah,
3: (laughs) Um, your problem now. Your your problem now. Play what's on the play the play the dots, man. Um, And so, it uh, five strings not unuseful, but when they got in the hands of sort of amateurish people, they were overused in in new metal in in not good ways. Well, and that's a different approach too. Um, And the detuned bass thing, there's. Uh, fantastic anthony jackson got mentioned and there's a bunch of really killer shaka khan stuff where he just tuned his four string bass um b to d which would be the low four strings of a five string and rocked with that for a while um and yeah if it's keyboard based and especially as 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 synthesized bass starts to come around and and if you have a big horn section it's it's as a bass player. It's funny to have this big, beautiful melody at the end, of you know, at the head or the end of the song, and have to go do 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 like it, like end on the the you know you're if you're Up an octave yeah if you're a, a, a half a step or just just this you know one note out of range to play that low note. But it's like a lot of times that's really when you should only be playing those lo- playing down there on on. You know, pop music is when you're, yeah, yeah. you know, to, to begin yeah. or end, you know, if, if you're an upright player, that's the, that's the, that's the whole note you bust out the bow for at the end yeah. of the song, you know, um, that's how you let people know it's over. And, uh, you, you start to, if you, if you hang around on that, uh, that low string, you start to sound an awful lot like uh fieldy from corn or something, which is, you know, also not bad,
0: but sure as hell sticks out like it, like it does, um, on, yeah, well, uh, well, I think he said uh, uh, that he wanted to, he wanted to, uh, you know, play these tunes for um you know, he wanted to spruce them up for a modern audience. Well, they do feel very modernized for the time, right? Right, which yeah, definitely
2: yeah. date stamps them, right? Which stamps <laughs> them horribly. Yeah, right, exactly. I
3: just the, the active five string on stuff like this stands out like um, an Ovation guitar stands out. Yeah, you know in
2: it's of the time.
3: Yeah, it's it's of the it's of the time and you can tell the second that everyone in their in their yeah. uncle got one.
2: Yes. <laughs>
3: Couldn't wait to try it out.
2: Well, we'll move on to the uh, title track, Born to Be Blue, and we'll see if it's blues or jazz or anything in between.
1: Being green is something I've never seen cuz I was born to be blue. When there's a yellow moon above me They say there's moonbeams I should view I should view But moonbeams be
2: and go well, There you go. There's a vibraphone. The
0: vibraphone, yeah. Good and,
2: vibes uh, only. And brushes on the drums. Yeah, so this is definitely... And, uh, why to... is
0: he singing these? Yeah, well... Um, i i think if you're gonna have a steve miller album like i said i think he he has to do two things he has to sing and he has to play the guitar yeah um but you know you know what this this particular song reminded me of is is um you know like when you you have a, a a um a television drama yes and you have the hard-boiled hard-boiled detective like, yes. like man or woman doesn't matter you know but trench coat but, right yeah but the, then they'll they'll moonlight as a singer yes. and their whole their whole uh work buddies Stick, all show yeah. up after them and they get up and they they sing something that's really really kind of perfect yes. like this right but but at the same time not terribly notable
2: yes I recall an episode of Herman's Head where Louise, the secretary, played by Yardley Smith, sings "Cry Me a River." Yeah. Listen to the hell out of that! Too. Yeah. I That's had a s- Yardley keep, Smith obsession as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was very much of this ilk. Yes.
3: This is, this is featured at the end of an episode of uh, Allie McBeal.
2: <laughs> there you go. Is that when they when did Vonna the... or whoever? Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Got to see Lucy Lou and. Uh, Portia De Rossi hanging out, or whatever her name
0: was. This is kind of almost like a, a, I mean, I guess it's kind of like what I was, I mean, that's probably why I thought of that, of the whole TV sort of connection is the, it's kind of like, um, you know, simulacra. It's like a, it's a, it's a simulation of what, what,
2: close enough if you don't pay attention. Right. Of of
0: what, you know, a certain genre of music sounds like. And it's kind of, um, 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 well, it kind of reminds me of, of, um, um, of another album that we hope to do sometime soon, which, which, uh, you know, comes across as a very much a simulation of, of classical music yes, rather than the real thing. And so, so I wonder, I wonder, uh, you know, I wonder, I wonder if that was kind of the intent. I, I just don't know. It's like, yeah. is, is he like, is this something like you suggested, Scott, is this something that he really loves or, or does he, is he taking the piss out of it a little bit? I mean, is he having fun with this? Wouldn't it be fun to just sing like like my dad songs yeah. in the living room or something? Yeah. You know, I don't know. He
2: doesn't sound like he's having fun. He's taking this way too seriously to oh, enjoy. Yeah, himself. he seems
0: like he's definitely
2: he's worried about getting a, a failing grade, so he's doing everything just right.
0: He's being the technician, yeah, here. which is uh,
2: makes it ultra boring. You know what? Actually, this album does remind me of. It was recorded a couple of years later. Very similar sound. Uh, it's True Blue by Pat Benatar. She tried to do a blues album after
0: oh. her run of
2: you know MTV hits finally dried up, and probably heard this one. Yeah, yeah very similar sound, very similar style. She's a better Steve singer. Zoll is a trendsetter.
0: but you know. <laughs> Was she mm-hmm. on Capitol Records? <laughs> she might have been. I,
2: I'm not well familiar with my Pat Benatar, but it's that's an album we might have to cover as now, I well. I'm just wondering
0: if it was kind of a trend, you know. When did uh when did uh, I think it was much later and much better, yeah. by the way. When did Linda Rodstadt do? She did like um, Yeah, she
2: did a couple of Songs albums, for yeah. My
0: Father or, or yeah. something like that, that. Yeah, and
2: then Rod Stewart did like eighty two different volumes of the Great American Songbook. And it was a thing that,
0: you know, happens every now and then. Yeah. Was that, was that around the same time? Maybe a little later, maybe a little later. I don't know. So, I mean, maybe this was like we were saying, you know, maybe this was, this was the direction that this kind of music was.
2: Well, and I think for headed, you know, rock stars of a certain age who had hit say writer's block. This is a good way of getting an album out without having to come up with any new
3: tunes. I, I would like to, on the jazz side of this, I'd like to point, I, there's a, there's a very conspicuous, uh, zingy active bass, pop yeah towards the end of this Sh-pow. and um i would like to point out that not long after this just a few years after this the the young hot shit jazz people had uh a, a brief period of just really aggressive traditionalism and i think it has to be in response to this sort of stuff not that he's among the you know jazz fusion <laughs> trendsetters and stuff but around here like Jazz is getting really modern, and in the in the early to mid '90s, there's there's a big push for like upright players are are playing unamplified with really high you know uh, uh, action and gut strings, and drummers are going back to you know, calfskin heads and things like that. And there's there's a very strong reaction to okay, it's getting
2: it's getting too silly. We, guys, we, we need an
3: out of tune upright piano. You know, yeah. we need we need a. I wonder. You know. Yeah.
2: The way that punk responded to Prague, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there de- definitely was that for a little bit, and you know, and those guys were kind of assholes about it. And
2: thank, well, thank god we moved on, but yes. you know,
3: sometimes there needs to be a reaction to things, we need to be reminded that, getting yeah, out of hand. it a
0: jazz version of grunge, I guess, yeah, there a you little go. bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and and you know, the the I am kind of uh, I wouldn't say I'm in, in awe, I'm just I'm. I'm impressed by the quality of the recording. It makes a mood. Yeah. yeah it, it's like, uh, it is, it is very, um, it's very clean. Yes. You can hear all the instruments. Uh, you you know, could eat off. Everything of this is album. very articulate, right? Yeah. And, and like you said, everything is in the right spot. What right. Do you think I'm we, not going to fail this exam. Yeah. Is this on tape. Um, what's that? You think this is on tape or dats or no dats? Um, I bet, well, it could be, um, you know, I bet it's tape. Um, it could have been they were doing a lot of digital recording to tape. It mm-hmm. could have been yeah. that. Yeah, you know, in the late or something. Yeah. Well, and even before ADATS, they had yeah. they had big. I, I think Otari made most yeah. of them. They had big, you know, twenty-four Huge, track, yeah. you know. So you know, they were, uh, um, they were, they were um, sophisticated, really expensive, sophisticated oh, yeah, machines, yeah. And, right? all, and all pretty much prototype. Yeah. They came with a yeah. team
3: of people to keep right. them working while yeah. you recorded. That and was they, a... they
0: sounded much better than like an ADAT would yeah, have sounded. Yeah, but um, but yeah, yeah, but still, um, yeah. you know. Okay. <laughs> No noise, right? That's no. probably you know it could be because there is you know, there's so little noise. It sounds noise. digital. It sounds, right. it sounds
3: early digital, but
2: Well, you did buy it on C D. Maybe this is the first yeah, album he did you know, because, meant yeah, for the, C the D sound it's,
3: as pristine as humanly possible,
2: right? Yeah. The huge
0: advantage of digital recording is that you can you can have really quiet stuff without any tape hiss. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very nice. Which is oh. which is by the way ironic that they keep making CDs louder when what they're really good at is playing yeah, stuff, yeah. stuff, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hey this is <laughs> it's, it's, like this digital <laughs>
3: recording thing is fantastic for ha- keeping dynamic range. Really? You know, let's like, yeah, let's get great 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 all with emerald, yeah, like Saint Inga. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's <go>. compress, expand. <laughs> I am the table. <laughs> I kind of want to go back and re-record the whole uh, uh, Lulu album just with Hetfield uh, voices. <laughs> Oh, I'm James. Yeah. I'm James. When I when
0: I, when I <laughs> when practice my singing now, occasionally I just have to do throw that one up. in. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know what? That uh, uh, before I play this, yeah. that, uh, that uh, they um, one of the things that that you do is like when you end on like a, it depends if you end on a vowel or a constant. Yeah. in The last one. So if you're ending on a vo- vowel, you I think you just let it go like ooh. ooh. Yeah. You just you just breathe in ooh, that ends it. Yeah. But if you end on a constant like shit, you're supposed to go you're supposed to go ah afterwards like shit, and I think he. I think, I think some vocal coach taught him that, and then he's like, "I'm going to take that to the extreme. He brought his vocal warm up exercises <laughs> to the studio. Yeah. Me, 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 me,
2: me, me, me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me walk you down the line. I said, "Oh, Mary Ann, you sure do look fine." I said, no, Mary I can love you all the time. Well, oh, Mary Ann,
3: I can love you all the time. I can love you all the this time. This song has, I think, the first occurrence of the lick, or or pretty close to uh, the lick. The lick. The lick. Which would be a slight reharmonization of that. Oh, baby. Which it took him so long. I take you home <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think
0: this 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 song is probably uh, it, it's probably a little more in line with what he does vocally. Yeah. more mm-hmm. so. You know, it's it's like a little more. Um, you, you mean Sting? Yeah, yes. <laughs>
2: right. In fields of gold.
0: Right, right. Well, I mean, it's still he's still doing this kind of soft kind of singing. But but it's a but it's a little more it, it's I don't know it, it seems a little more Steve Miller to me this song yeah like, then like if the Steve Miller band were singing if he was singing a ballad yes. like maybe that would fit in with this but um,
3: I I've come around to not like ripping on these guys quite as bad as I once did and, and probably because I you know I had to live through it but I I just didn't I did not get the the Michael Bolton it's this gravelly thing but it. Yeah, it's really, there seems to be a pretty strong affectation with a a type of like male, white dude, smooth jazz style from the period. And it's just always really weird to me because that's fine. Like people have different affectations with their singing and, and, you know, depending on what they're doing with their voice. But I just, I so tend to associate jazz, even popularized jazz with having... (laughs) pretty impressive range and technique and so it yeah it, no that's
2: what rock is for is for people who can't sing
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, it, yeah. <laughs> but it, just, it just seemed
2: like for a while every every guy who wanted to do a i mean there's a reason why bob dylan doesn't do an album of frank's wait he right, did do three five albums of frank, frank sinatra, sinatra. Mm. Oof, yeah, yeah.
1: That,
2: yeah. Uh, it's,
3: it's not it's a very like late 80s early 90s kind of if you were a guy and you were singing these
0: jazz standards, you had some. Uh, so are you saying is, that, is it, is, is it yeah. like a Tony Bennett like knockoff <laughs> or is Tom it, Waits? Are you saying are you saying Tom Waits that, is a uh, better singer? Yes. <laughs> you saying Michael Bolton gave us Eddie Vedder?
3: <laughs> well, we can sue him for that, can't we? Well, I I like. Michael Bolton as a singer quite a bit more than <laughs> yeah. Eddie Vedder. Well, so. no, I, I
0: was just thinking of, you know, the, just the very affected vocal I, style. I, I, right, as you, as know, you were saying before is,
3: about the, the, the hip field, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, it's, a, it's a, it, a hangover from perhaps a, a vocal warm-up <laughs> technique <laughs> that made it all the way into ah,
0: I, on, I think, I I think uh, for this, this album, it fits in, I think it fits more what, what Miller's doing here what you were saying Scott I, I think it's he's being he's he's not really digging in to his vocals no because I think he's being very careful he's yeah. not gonna make a mistake yeah uh, this one this one did have uh this one though did have like I said it's a little bit more like him because there were a couple of inflections that that clearly were not yeah safe mm-hmm. yeah right
2: you know, he, he so. took a risk yeah, the, yeah, guitar, yeah.
3: the guitar on this one is is pretty clearly a strat and there's some yeah. some you know uh, what uh a dean weend would call a a, a a frap a frap in there you know, there's some, there's some string raking, there's some nastiness, there's a little, there's uh, the uh,
0: yeah, grit, the palm muting. <laughs> you, yeah. can, uh, you can hear that they're most definitely not flat wounds on the guitar. Right, and, right. Yeah. Oh yeah. You you hear a little bit of rattle that's, um, yeah. And that is, that is, uh, his, his preferred guitar to play maybe, at least live as a Stratocaster. I think he's just better at wielding that set of tones than. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like how, how like. Like when, when we sort of, you were talking about earlier about, you know, jazz standards and you've played the same, you've played the same thing, the same song, you know, a a thousand times, and you've heard other people play it a thousand times, right? There's, there's a certain kind of, of memory that, that you have when you're playing your own instrument. And if you've been playing in your band a particular style for whatever he had been doing by yeah, this 20 time, years twenty years or, so, years or, or so. so. And then, even if he does have an affinity for for the jazz stuff, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be right there under his fingers because he hasn't the, done it re- exactly. as often. Well, yes. I don't like as you mentioned that. I'm just thinking that he, he, it's
3: almost impressive how square and safe some of the not this one, but some of the earlier tunes yeah, yeah. where he's clearly playing, you know, on flat wounds and trying to do
0: really stock. Correct, And it's all very exposed. Like we said, it's a very clean recording. So any, anything you do is going to be heard. Clearly yeah. At the Yeah. No, yeah.
2: He, he gets an A for effort on this album. Well, yes. But, it's, it's, uh, just, it's just <laughs> impressive
3: how, yeah. How, let's say uptight. Some of. Yes.
2: Well, we'll just, we'll go on to the next one, but just a little bit. So turn your lamp down low. Just how to reduce your soul and prostate for good. I
1: love you so. Just a little teeny bit, just a weeny bit of your love. Just a little Could be a spoon. Satisfies my soul
2: Move over, George Clinton. There's a new funkmeister in town. Man, that song's so funky.
0: Is there any guitarist it? on this album? Uh I, I don't know. He's the only one listed as part of the band okay. for this album, but but they have a lot of, you know, like extras like the sax players yeah, and yeah. stuff, so so I'm not sure. I like
3: that one with the dueling. Yeah. You know, it sounded like more Gibsony, you know, neck pickup fusion wanker crap and, and a Strat, yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. trading and licks and and uh, uh, and that
0: works. Why yeah, weren't yeah. they doing that or sooner? Yeah, yeah. This this is this is more this is more interesting in that level too. And then also this is one of the things that I think when he digs back in this catalog, you know, you start you start to hear things like like I said, wait, is this that is it that Willie Dixon song Spoonful? And it's like, well, y- yes, but it came out much earlier than that. So yes. it's like, like uh, Steve Miller has a knowledge of 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 sort of yeah, no 40s and '50s pop that yeah. that uh, that I don't know when this particular song was written, but that well, you know, I'm, uh, is it
3: a quote if it's like. A good chunk of the song, or is it? Yeah, just... yeah
0: well, I'm, I'm saying that I think Willie probably got it from the same place that 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 other people yeah, got did, it. Right? Yeah. it's like you know that there was this earlier stuff going on, and and I think it's kind of interesting, you know, from from a, a historical point of view to you know say, oh wow, there was this song that had these same sorts of lyrics in it, you know, that yeah. uh, existed once upon a time. Yeah, um, he's
2: clearly a scholar of this stuff. Yeah, but again, he studied to pass the test, but
0: you know, and then and then maybe you know uh maybe he wants other people to enjoy the things that he enjoyed and well, that's he's... why he's trying to modernize it right but he so go that, back to the originals
2: but right which makes sense for like god bless the child but why would you do that for zippity doodah
0: yeah that one doesn't quite quite make... or even yaya yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah or even yaya yeah, yeah, right well
2: and and the, the the track listing i mean the three songs i did recognize are the first three songs the rest i have no knowledge of i'd
0: right right so if you're if you're trying to get people to glom onto some stuff that you <clears throat> thought was really cool yeah that then why are those the ones that are you start with yeah this is you start with only yeah. released on cd um, CD and tape I think so yeah okay yeah vinyl was
3: out because it has a kind of vinyl esque sequencing to it where yeah it's 10 songs it's
2: 44 45 minutes so oh, those would,
0: are those were I think 88 you still had record stores that had records and then CDs in the bins yeah because yeah, they were in them. long boxes yeah, so yeah, they'd sit
2: so they, in the uh, right. the record bins
0: so I you know so I don't know for sure but but it was definitely and if this was a digital recording showcase I imagine the point was to be yeah, on CD. Yeah, 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 definitely. But, uh, but, but just yeah, a little bit, just a little bit. Right. Yeah. that You know, and that's the thing too, is like, like there are a lot of really cool older songs that no one will ever hear because they're just too old. Well, they're just too old. Right. And people won't, won't dig them out. They won't yeah. look for them or find them. Right. So, so, uh, you know, um, I mean, if there is, if there is some, uh, higher purpose to this recording yeah right you know then you know maybe that's part of it i that
2: you're at least that's how he's justifying it to himself
3: right right. (laughs) i mean one of the musicians i mean i I think this is lost in the 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 alt-rock 90s and new metal and things like that and perhaps for rights reasons but yeah um jazz musicians since you know they're rarely writing their own stuff um, and even blues and older, you know, rock and roll folks tend to drop a hell of a lot of quotes within their stuff, mm-hmm. especially live, especially when they're improvising. And it's not frowned on. It's cool. It's like a way, to, a, it's a way to say this. This is my influence. Led Zeppelin. Or in a, in a, in a special. Yeah. Well, that's that's maybe <laughs> yeah, different uh, another. Yeah. Yeah. Or John Lennon, apparently. Well, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> The Beatles. <laughs> Might yeah, have done yeah. some of that, but yeah, like I think it's more okay with with jazz and fusion musicians because, as you know, r- regular yeah. you know regular business is to not play your own song. So yeah. and nobody's gonna give you a, you know g- look at you with a you know a ugly, ugly ugly look if you uh, you know throw in licks from somebody else's song. They're gonna their ears are gonna you know. Like, prick up and go, ooh, cool, like, that's... It's like, an Easter egg. I recognize that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 like the a,
2: Marvel Cinematic Universe, only in song. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you, gotta, you gotta watch
3: past the credits. If
2: only oh, someone yeah. would think yeah. of
0: doing
3: that.
2: Yeah. Mm,
0: interesting,
2: <laughs> yes, uh-huh. yes. Just a little bit. Now, uh-huh. is he doing his own backing vocals? Because I wonder. They kind of sound yeah, like Yeah, they sounded him. like him, which, you know, sometimes is a cool thing, and sometimes you're like, I would like to hear somebody else for a change, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... If they are someone else, they are doing Steve Miller impressions, which just seems silly. (laughs) We'll go on to the next track. We're getting close to the end here. This is When Sunny Gets Blue.
1: When Sunny Gets Blue She breathes a sigh of sadness Like the wind that stirs the trees Sets the leaves to sway like some violins are playing. Weird and haunting melody.
2: So, when was moonlighting on the air? Because this feels like that sort of. Riff on film noir. I think it was of, around
0: that time. Yeah, yeah it yeah, feels yeah. very. Yeah.
2: I think both Sybil Shepherd and Bruce Willis put out albums around this time
3: too. Oh my god, god. of stuff that sounded oh, a lot like this, to this to shit. A, a Bruce Willis. Well, no, because he doesn't he's not have a, a recording. Well, yeah. maybe he, I think he does have a recording. Career. He does. Yeah. He's yeah. sold
2: more records than all of us combined times ten. But why? Why would he sing? That's all. Because, uh, yeah, you're not a Hudson Hawk fan, are you? Matt? Um <laughs> It's the Return of Bruno, man. I had that on cassette. I think I
0: saw that movie, I don't remember anything about it.
2: Uh, Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt as the villains, excellent.
0: Well, yeah, the rest of the movie you can skip. I, I don't it. even it's, remember her being in it. it oh yeah. Like, she was yeah. I remember there was a castle involved or something. Yeah,
2: and all the, the bad guys were named after candy bars. It was great. No it wasn't. But it wasn't as bad as people remember. <laughs> <laughs> but again, Richard E. Grant and Sandra Bernhardt, you know, I could watch the two of them riff for hours. But Why didn't um, they get a spinoff movie? Um, well, <laughs> I think there might have been financial implications there, but yes. Was it as good as Heaven's Gate? Um, it was better than Heaven's Gate. And in the fact, or the- Hudson Hawk was actually based on... <laughs> On a song written by Bruce Willis, but yes, 1985
3: to 1989. Well, there this, you go. This motherfucker is a time machine, straight to
0: 1988. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yes, god! Yes. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is uh, this is so, yeah. To all our <laughs> listeners, if you want to know 1988, this Why is a you reason would want to, to listen to put this. <laughs> <laughs> put on a white linen suit and
2: <laughs> skinny. yeah.
3: <laughs> Crank this up on your hi-fi.
2: Indeed. Wow. That's um.
3: That's all I have to say about that. Rum, rum cocktails and white linen suits all for I everybody. I think that was the
0: least remarkable song on this, this yeah, album. Yeah, it,
3: by this
2: point you've expected this song, so whatever. Moving on to uh, When We Was Fab. No, uh, Willow Weep for Me.
1: Oh, yeah, I like
2: When We Was Fab. That came out in 87. Huh?
1: There
2: you go. Why didn't Jeff Lynne produce this
3: album? I'm, I'm 100% going to subject my wife to uh, 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 Hudson Hawk soon. We're sorry, Molly. My, I'm just going to yeah. say that
2: right now.
1: Gone my lover's dream Lovely summer dream Gone and left me I can be hear me willow
3: and weep for me what? Yeah. at the end are they fading out <laughs> yes whisper to the wind and say, yeah I want to hear that nope and they're fading out on like the best part <laughs> that's that's been like three songs in a row where something interesting finally starts to happen and they fade the song out. So, yeah,
0: there's, I mean, I guess it's good show business. He's keeping you wanting more, you you want more, you know, this almost sounds like his, I mean, he's singing on pitch. Yeah. But, It almost sounds like it might have been Varus sped or something. I was just
2: going to ask: Does he know how to transpose? Because this is a little high for him, <laughs> right? Right. And so
0: it makes me think we'll that they might have—they might have like slowed it down a bit yeah. so he could sing it, and then sped it back up. I don't know. It yeah, almost sounds like the, Kermit
2: the Frog here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hi-ho. And he's hitting—he's hitting those. Yeah, notes, no, it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's in
2: tune, but yeah, it's—it's it's like it, yeah. And it should have been sung by a female or it's not the sweet part of it Scott.
0: I, I imagined imagined a, a woman in like a sparkly evening gown yeah, singing something it red and oh, with well, a uh, right. spotlight and right a, exactly yeah. one of
2: those fancy old microphones that cover up half your face yeah, and, yeah.
0: Yeah. I, i've been on a
3: big uh, uh, donna summer kick lately and man she can sing and it's like, she's hot stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, but it's just like, Oh, that's like a quarter step bend, like in falsetto with like absolute control kind of, you know, like if you're, if you're featuring the singer, you better be able to do yeah. some singing. Stuff. Clive, like, you know, Clive like if Davis, if, I think that if, is one of his creations too. Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to have uh, the, the singer so exposed, it's not, you know, it's not double, that's not.
0: There yeah, aren't, it's, there's no backup sweetening it or anything right, like that. There's or, no David Lee Roth squeals. You know, like yeah. Um, sort no, of
3: David thing. Lee Roth is a fantastic example of someone whose range is perhaps limited, but is able to use yeah some squeals and Robert, weird to make it to weird make hiccups it. and things like thing that. And, or yeah. or again, like the growly affectation that's going on here. It's like that that one trick alone is not enough to hide the fact that yeah you're well, singing is If he's
2: trying to do a a less Paul and and Ford album why doesn't he get a female yeah. vocalist to do this right. album with him? Can, Dude, let, he let, could,
0: Les Paul knew better. Yeah. He like, could focus sing. on the, <laughs> like, on the, uh, the
2: guitar part and get right. Pat Benatar to sing these songs. And we'd only have one of these albums. And, instead, I, and I would,
0: I would argue, you know, that despite the hits, I would argue that, that uh, Steve's Steve's guitar playing is better than his singing. Yeah. yeah I've oh, never as, thought of uh, him uh, as a singer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I
3: was the Les Paul observation is, is, is right on. Um, and I, I think there's something to the fact that uh, I, I'm, I'm, st- I'm starting to understand that the guitar playing might be very dumbed down s- to make the less Self. competent yeah. <laughs> singing less, ob- like, l- you know, less problematic. Oh yeah, you know that. That's You know, like I, I yeah. think he's look I, the he less want to show himself they, up. <laughs> yeah
2: that's right. <laughs> I, I've, I've talked about this on the
3: podcast before but les paul is like the steve I of of electric you know like back in the day like 50, you know everybody kind of knows yeah. him as this this uh, uh cutesy old man yeah this 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 old old jazz geezer and it's like and this or this you no know, he's like dude. yeah he's like all your guitar heroes wrapped into one if they invented the instrument oh, from yeah. scratch like his yeah. he's a He's a shredder, like you can't believe. Oh, and he um, can
0: still do it after he broke his arm. He can still do it after he, he, he. could only use two fingers. Yeah, he, he had bare, right?
3: barely functional hands at the end
0: of his I life. I think he still can he could, do it, even though he's dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he can still play faster than me with two fingers, yeah, and, and then uh, you know. Yeah, tone it down, it's man. Like crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so,
3: but I, he had a he had his wife, but he had he had a stunt singer because. Yeah, he yeah, knew his limitations because he knew his limitations uh zappa is a great example of hiring just like you Flo know and eddie uh, fantastic singers yeah Flo and oh, eddie yeah, bobby you know. martin like people who could do theatrics class, that were just as crazy ray white like all those and you know uh, napoleon, napoleon yeah, yeah yeah.
2: adrian like, blues fantastic bob dylan impression yeah yeah yeah
3: adrian wasn't, wasn't that, that yeah. uh um, uh wolf did the you want the to bust some acid, Bob?
0: Oh yeah, I think you did that. <laughs> no. Yeah, 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 but uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah Blue did the uh, the uh, the impression. But, yeah, yeah and Adrian Blue can sing. Well, the thing is, like, like, like clearly Steve Miller can sing, and that he sings in tune. He's, yeah. he's, he 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 knows what he's doing. It's just like there's there's not. It's like it's like what you're saying. If that's you, the featured instrument, it's got to be something special. Wouldn't you agree yeah. that?
3: You, wouldn't you agree that he most likely toned down the instrumental stuff to, oh, yeah, yeah, I think to so. not completely obliterate his
0: right yeah, uh, because oh, would, okay so. but
3: unremarkable singing
2: chops yeah he has no personality in his singing
0: yeah yeah not not in especially not in this and i think that uh, um you know, two, that is my that's my that's my very complaint with uh contemporary modern day blues players. Yeah is because you're you're playing something that is that if you're gonna be a blues player in 2021, you better be fucking better than everybody else on the planet. Because there are probably a thousand people who can do what you're doing right now without any difficulty and sound exactly just like you. I learned the pentatonic <laughs> scale. Right. And, and so so it's like like, you know, you gotta do you if you wanna be interesting, if you wanna be compelling, you gotta be offering something unique. Something different. And, and I think that Well, oh, you mean more than the little rectangle shape and the diamond shape. <laughs> you can even do that, but but you know, like somehow oh, know somehow when somehow when Jimi Hendrix does it, it's so much more interesting than. Well, than and he uh, did
2: it and he you does know, it before. 40 50 years right, ago exactly
0: exactly but but you know like here with 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 Steve Miller and his vocals it's it's like you were getting towards the end of the album and there's been very little variation even it, like, like at all yeah. it's the same you know i i know a person's voice is a person's voice but but at the same at the same time you can do a variety of different things with yeah. a voice to get it
3: interesting like I, like i was saying David Lee Roth is someone who has kind of shit for range, but he has like not even that big of a bag of little tricks, but he knows how to dole them out. Yeah, he has know, personality too, yeah, so yeah, you know, in a, in even if he's in order to make up for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, just you know, we were joking about Tom Waits yeah. earlier, but even some of the little like Tom Waitsian grumbly shit is like enough to break it up, enough to make it more interesting. Um, well,
2: And I, I think I, that's why Steve Miller is best known for his singles and not his albums is because yeah, he yeah. will get repetitive after
0: 10 songs. Well, then, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. But even then, even then, I think there's more even even then. I think there's more variety yeah. on a Steve Miller band album than there is on the Steve, Steve, Steve Miller, Miller solo album. <laughs> solo album right? when's,
3: when's Disco ZZ Top going on?
0: Um, uh, slightly before this slightly before this yeah it just was, as MTV uh, gearing up yeah. 83, 82 maybe I, uh,
3: I think they ZZ you know Billy has said in interviews about disco you know in retrospect the disco ZZ top you know than being made out, made fun yeah. of for kind of selling out or whatever, you know, all the all the way to the bank. They they actually did sell out. If that's an actual thing, good for them.
2: If you're gonna sell out, but, you should get the
3: money. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. Yeah.
0: They figured it out. Get, yeah, figured, yeah. <laughs> they found the formula. Sorry, sorry you guys are jealous. But they found the eighty formula that would make them a bubble but of cash. One yeah, of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the things that he said was, that "It's like,
3: listen, this is dance music. It it needs to be locked in at a very predictable tempo." And I mean, he did he did mention the like. You know the 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 uh, uh, cultural component of white people don't want any interesting shit going on in their dance (laughs) music because they don't want to be tripped up and look stupid. Well, yeah. So you can't make it sophisticated; it has to be really, really simple and straightforward. And what we found was if you made it really, really predictable and straightforward, it sold a lot. And maybe that's like all that's going on here. Girls go crazy for the sharp dress. What? what, uh, Maybe maybe it's just a like, you know mainstream America in 1988 does not want any tricky shit going on in their music. They just want to have the the melody of the song and they can whistle it. Yeah, and Steve Miller or, is providing under, that. Under, yes.
0: understand the words. So what dance? So what dance would you, uh, would you dance? Willow weep for me.
2: Well, that's a slow song for at the end of the junior high prom. Yeah, oh, is it, yeah. leave I was space for it, Jesus. I was oh, thinking one yeah. of
0: more like like the the old folks' home dance. Oh room, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, It'd everyone
2: stands into, in a circle and, and just goes in a yeah yeah
0: yeah. would <laughs> like, uh, be
3: more into some some Benny Goodman stuff or there something. There
2: you go. Do the Charleston. Well, we'll
3: wiggle the wiggle, red wiggle hop. and jiggle jiggle
2: jiggle. Yes, red top. The, the big finale. Well, well not quite. Not, oh yeah, it is.
0: You're right. That is the big finale.
2: That is the big finale. Now... Are you thinking about Trucker Speed? Yeah, pretty much. Red. After all the blues, we get a red song. <laughs> a red so, song. now thinking about the chronology of Brian Setzer. Mm. In the early 80s, Brian Setzer was known for revitalizing the whole rockabilly thing with the stray cats, right? Right, mm-hmm. sort of
0: hot-rodding rockabilly. Yeah. Uh,
2: now, in the early 90s, after, like, Swingers came out, who was known for revitalizing the whole big band thing, right? Mm-hmm. This comes between those two, right? Yes. In a lot of ways. When, so
0: so so you know when's, when's the Neil? Maybe one. that was
2: 82, 83. Yeah.
0: Maybe uh, uh you know Steve Miller here is a bit prescient with, If he uh, had actual uh,
2: horns on here, I think this would have been like a big Brian Setzer, you know, whoever else was Who was that? There's like big va- bad voodoo daddy and the squirrel nut zippers and that yeah, whole yeah and, um, scene that happened after yeah Vince Vaughn mm, and
0: yeah yeah and, and uh, this and is Iron a, Man the cherry popping daddy yeah there you go
3: like I said before like Rockabilly is the place where breezy jazz guitar stuff and blues licks are acceptably commingled yes um, at least you know to people who are traditional about stuff and uh you know also i think people who are traditional about either blues or jazz probably think that rockabilly is a horrible abomination um well but uh people who are traditional are not generally open yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but i just why not a whole album of this this is better yeah it's more interesting this is exactly what we're talking about with the vocals where whether that's him doubling it or it's someone else it sounds like someone else right but uh that would have that would have done some heavy lifting
0: elsewhere on here even really really sparingly yeah 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 this is this is definitely more this is um this is one of the better tunes yeah yeah, yeah. or it, just better production i guess i believe
3: yeah. you know if he's you know he studied with Les Paul and w- is a fan of 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 jazz guitar i just there's no jazz guitar on this whole thing Not he a lot. does neither uh, um you know there's the there's gypsy jazz. There's the West Montgomery kind of breezy octave, move, you know, movable yeah. octave kind of thing. There's the Joe Pass like a whole lot of modes and scales. There's like the Django kind of. Yeah, yeah, that that sort of stuff. He t- like touches none of them. It's mm. it, they're like blues. Li- they're really safe blues licks with jazz tone, and it's like that does not jazz guitar make. No. So, well, to some people, but yes. So, I mean, I guess we discussed how,
0: well, it's like how this is, about, is more of a facsimile than, you yeah, know... It's like you were talking with ZZ Top, too. It's like maybe there's a conscious effort to dumb things down a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could say the same
3: thing about ZZ Top and blues as well, even though they're, like, very... Stu- you know, Billy's very studied with traditional blues. Right. That's not what he does on stage. He I does always a,
0: thought he was more boogie than blues, he, but he, yeah. he
3: does a very performative... Rock and roll interpretation of of some very traditional stuff, but you, it's close enough that you can feel that he knows yeah. what the he knows what the thing he's like making a a a, a, yeah. a, a expressionist copy of looked yeah. like in the first place. He's not just you know flinging flinging colors at the at the canvas, and this I don't know it's like. I, I'm not feeling the jazz. I, I
0: don't. It's like I said. I, I don't. I don't know. I can't. I can't really pin down what the intent of this was. It has yet. such heavy wedding band vibes. It's like close yeah.
3: enough to jazz for a wedding band. It's close enough to rockabilly for the wedding band.
0: Right. Exactly. And so, so that's where that's where I'm lost. In that, is this? Was this? Was this Miller's, like, was this, like, what he really loved and really wanted to do? Was this sort of him trying to experiment to reinvent himself as, you know, I've already done the The rock rock thing, thing, right? Let's do something else. And no one wants to hear me play that anymore anyway. um, As it turns out, they did. But um, that's a different story. Yeah, they'd Um, rather hear that than this. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, um, you know, it's, you know, what is... You know, is it is it you know going back to his roots? As we said, was he trying to turn people on to to, you know older kind of music? Um, It seems very um, you know, was it a vanity project? It I I don't even well, I mean that might be
2: why it's not the Steve Miller band and just Steve
3: Miller. Yeah.
0: yeah. And maybe he just couldn't get the Steve Miller band to play these songs. Has you he, like a, has he
3: uh, produced a lot of stuff before? Do we know? Like, I mean, could well, this he, have been a... Here's
0: the, here's the, 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 uh, the, a bit of irony for me is like I said, those first Steve Miller band, those first five Steve Miller bands, I really love. I, I like them a lot. You know, there's a lot of diversity. It's psychedelic. It's blues. Um, he took over production duties with the Joker, Mm. And he stripped it down and made everything simpler and everything more straight ahead rock and roll. And that's when he started getting big time hits. Mm. So as a producer, he's been about, let's make this as yeah. digestible as possible.
2: Right. Well, if that was his uh, goal, this certainly, I mean, uh, it feels digestible. I don't know how digestible it is, but right. that certainly is the goal.
1: Yeah.
2: And, it, you know, making an album takes time. Maybe his idea at the beginning, which was a little more, I want to do something from my childhood that I believe in. And his idea towards the actual finishing and mixing and production was more, let's see if we
3: can't sell some of these records. Yeah. 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 We got to, we got to sell a lot of these at uh, circuit city.
0: Yeah. Are there any, you asked the question what song have we listened to the most? What, do you, do you have any songs that, that you say um, enjoy, Singing that you don't want other people to hear you singing or that, um say, you would never have, you know, a band you played in sing. There's a lot of
2: like these kind of songs, these torch songs where I will sing Cry Me a River or God Bless the Child or, you know, somewhere over the rainbow that, you know, I will do at home when no one is around that I will. I unless we get a gig at a Ramada Inn where we need to be a a. a hotel band, I'm not going to get a chance to sing.
0: Right. I wonder if that's where, like, the zippity-doo-dah comes in. You know, maybe...
2: It's just one he likes, and he doesn't care if it fits. Right, right. Right,
0: exactly. There's a lot of
3: vulnerability in singing those kind of breathy standards.
2: Yeah, which may be why he glossed it up so much as to sort of hide himself after making himself. That, so vulnerable. That's why
3: they're so cool. Cause a lot of them don't have particularly difficult yeah, no, to sing melodies or complicated stuff in it. it's just, they're very, it's like the guitar playing we were talking about. It's like, if, if you're a badass, you can play with the, the cleanest, stickiest tone and still sound like you're in total control. Um, and it's because there's nothing to hide behind. And I think some of the more, You know, slow burn standards, um, yeah, where people are really hanging on the lyrics and the emotion and things like that are are tough to pull off because you are very, very exposed and
0: well, plus a million
2: people have covered it, so you've heard someone else do it. I think he had to be
0: in pretty brave to do this, yeah, Yeah. no, I mean, because he had to have known that like his, you know, his, um,
2: his fan base was not gonna
0: his aging, pot smoking 70s, you know, um hippies dazed and confused crowd is not going to um particularly like this yeah um yeah it's but someone had to let him do it too right yeah no the record company i mean this
2: i noticed they did not renew the contract after this but his record company did put it out and you know
3: we should we should have been we should have had an episode of moonlighting (laughs) <laughs> Just playing, you know, on mute in the in the background. Well, there you go. This album plays.
0: Do you think? Do you think that any of us could? Uh, I mean, I think, like, uh, you know, listening to this yeah. with the both of you, I I, I kind of, uh, well, I don't kind of, I do concur. This is um, this is very soft pedaled stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, you know not not terribly interesting. Um, nonetheless, um, could could um, you know I think he pulls it off.
2: Yeah, no, it, he passed the test. Oh, right,
0: yeah, he passed the test, right, exactly. Um, uh, not that our listeners would care. Could yeah. any of us pass the test? I think it, because
2: we're not as steeped in it, we would do the same sort of thing. We would play it safe. We may not yeah. do it as well, but
3: yeah, I either that or we would on. just not <laughs> make it anywhere
2: even close to accurate, in which case, are we even doing it? Right, right, right. You know, how, That's the question is, you know, if I do a really, you know, obscure weirdo interpretation of Girl from Empanema. Am I still
0: yeah yeah? I, well, that's the other thing about about Steve Miller is he does he does um you know like when you listen to say um cream
2: yeah
0: you know do do a Willie Dixon song yeah right it, it doesn't sound like Willie Dixon at all no. or or you hear you hear um um you know the Rolling Stones do I just want to make love to you it sounds nothing like the original at all. Yeah. Right? even though they love the original they love yeah. it you can when, listen when, to the two back to back yeah, and yeah. still not get that they're right. the same song but when when Steve Miller does a blue standard. Yeah. It sounds like the original. Yeah. I mean, he's like a pale version of the original, right, but, right, but, but you but I can mean, tell but he's where he's it comes like from. he's like figured it out, right? Yeah. And he's like and I think that's where his kind of a bit of rigidity comes in. It's like, "No, the song goes like this." Yeah, it, you can't mess like, with like, it. Like play what it's supposed to sound like, yeah. every, right? You know. To the
3: to the listeners go go on YouTube or wherever, go to your record collection and listen to the original Jet Airliner or the what Paul uh what's his name and listen to the Steve Miller one and just get an idea of how Steve reinterprets, reinterprets and they're both great. They're both great, but they're great for very different reasons. And, uh, I think the most confounding thing about this is how he's, you know, jazz has some very, Very different eras, both in production values and playing and instrumentation and arrangement and things like that. Yeah. He's smearing a lot of stuff together that's not helping him. So he's
0: not Kenny G enough. Yeah, I think.
3: That might
2: be part of it. It's not specific. It's like, I'm not doing 1954 bebop. I'm doing jazz in the broadest sense of the
3: term. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. I like there I'm not he's blurring the line of where standards as in like standards like right off of the 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 cast recording of the musical they're from or whatever pop song they are and jazz it's like okay you start with the standard and then you jazz it up. you know you mutate it Um, usually spontaneously in yeah in in a room full of you know jazz musicians in one take and so it's really weird to assemble. And and usually when you do assemble an elaborate thing from a, you know, a standard, you do it with like a big ass horn section and strings and, you know, you, the, you would arrange and assemble it carefully so that it can be this big epic thing. And this is just, it's so very wedding band and it's so... Well,
2: and that's what I was asking at the very beginning is like, what is this? Is this jazz standards? Is this...
0: Great yeah. American
2: Songbook? Is this blues? Yeah. Is this just random covers that aren't related? I, I and I couldn't quite put my finger
3: on it. And I, I still the, don't think I have. I was at the record store the other day, going through you know wax tracks, going through the used records, and there are so, I've, I came across like five like so and so sings the Cole Porter songbook records, yeah. and it's like some of them were probably insane bebop shit with a crazy yeah. singer, and some of them were probably. Julie Andrews very not too far from this. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: she had a great voice. Yeah, Julie Andrews? Was, oh yeah. yeah,
3: big time. Yeah. We cover
2: SOB in a in a movie version of <laughs> this podcast.
0: That movie, I remember that movie. That's that a is, movie I remember. <laughs> you don't forget that movie, no.
2: But I guess that pretty much wraps it up. Do we have any final thoughts on Steve Miller or
0: Born to Be Blue? I would say if you're interested at all in, uh, you know, kind of sixties psychedelia played by really top notch guys. Um, those first five Steve Miller al- albums are great. I, I, they even, they even have, you know, occasional elements of jazziness in them. Yeah. I think this, this album has almost, it's it seems so disconnected from everything else that he's done. Um, but weirdly, um, um, you can hear him. I mean, it's obviously him singing. I don't mean yeah. that, but you can sort of hear the musical antecedents and what he's doing here with some of the stuff he did before. Um, but it's, um, but it's, um, there's, there's, there's a lot better. Yeah. There's a lot better standards albums. You could be listening uh, absolutely. to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh.
2: Yeah, if you I, want to I, hear these songs, someone else has done it. I really better.
0: liked Scott's observation, except maybe <laughs> Zippy Doo <Or,
2: Yeah>. <laughs> nobody's done that good. <laughs> this
3: might be this might be some kind of stepping stone towards the Brandt Setzer Orchestra and '90s swing revival. Yeah, um, but. which I wouldn't necessarily put as a. Good yeah, <laughs> he missed that bandwagon yeah. though. So at least from a
2: financial standpoint, he yeah was a little premature. Go go watch some moonlighting and
3: Miami Vice, and
2: there you go. You know, some neo noirs starring William Hurt or whoever. And like
3: yeah, <laughs> like see, this is like the the diegetic music that would be playing in a bar in one of those shows while the Jan Hammer yeah. score <laughs> melts faces. Blue Velvet. There you go. Yeah. Candy colored clown. Why I didn't call he the do Sandman? see he could have picked out
0: way better songs yeah. for this too. Yeah. Yeah. Blue velvet would have been a good one. Or you put, or you'd put him in that movie as like just in a lounge in the background. Oh, they're playing we, this. He's yes. the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I like that. <laughs> Much
2: like Jeff Healy was in uh, a <laughs> roadhouse. roadhouse. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. Jeff
3: Healy and, uh, um, uh, I don't think it's the, I can't remember if it's the original plugs, but it's the Tito and the Tarantulas band is the rest of that band. So it's pretty damn directly tied to LA punk and perfect movie roadhouse. Um,
0: forget about this. Go watch roadhouse. (laughs) Is there anything we want to plug? This will be coming out like September 7th. (laughs) Um, Yes. Um, well, hopefully, hopefully, um, um, everyone will be happy and healthy in September.
2: <laughs> yes, hopefully we're not back locked down and live music is still a thing, but we'll see when we get there. That's
0: right. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Indeed.
2: And until then, we will try and figure out who this is.
1: <laughs> Who's the white entertainer That's a sex machine to all change? Just met for his brother man